So um, let's just pray real quick, like, for the word. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, God, for everything you've given us. Thank you, God, because we get the opportunity to be here in your house. To come, Father, and just feel the comfort of your warmth, you know, the, the freshness of your awesomeness. God, thank you for everything. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, God, because through you, we're always going to be victorious in whatever comes to to try to attack us in any way. Father, I ask you that as this word goes out, Lord Jesus, that it just penetrates, penetrates the hearts, God, and, and realize, and we realize, and we open our eyes to how awesome you are. God Almighty, we just invite you, and we, we ask you to be here right now. And we all agree, and we say, Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So today, you know, I'm... Pastor's been talking about, you know, the, the front lines, right? We've been on that little series about the front lines, front lines. So I go, okay, then, since Pastor's got the front lines, I, I went ahead and I, you know, I titled it. Pastor asked me, you have a title? And I go, no, but I'll put one in there. So, so I call it the front liners, you know. We are all the front liners, right? You know, uh, today we face a lot of battles, right? Everybody, as you guys can see, I mean, in history, if you guys look back and you know, who are some history buffs around here, you know? There you go. See, history is actually pretty fun. You know, but you see that even through then in history, you know, they also went through some battles. They faced some, some pretty tough stuff. You know, we hear this word, right? And it's a common word now. We hear it everywhere, right? And we hear about, and it says, um, the front line people, right? Oh, everybody in the front lines. You know, when we hear this, you know, like what comes to your mind, Josh? When you hear front lines, people, what, what, do you, what do you think of first? What kind of people? Yeah, the army, soldiers, correct, that's cool. Princess, what do you think of? Yeah, firemen, right? They're all on the front lines, right? I mean, there's so much different things. We got the soldiers, the first responders, the police, you know, the today ones that are so, so out there and, are, and everything, right? The nurses, right? The nurses, we have the doctors. God, even the, the Walmart cashiers, well, they're hidden somewhere, but okay, the security guards. They, I, had them, I had them under police, under the police, okay? I had you way up here right now. <laughs> and you are, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so see that? But, but everything, right? Then there's even more that we can think of a frontliner, right? I mean, you stop and you think, you know. And, but you know what? In history, the front lines, yes, the soldiers, the wars, everybody's in the trenches. You know, I was looking up World War One. I. I said, let me figure out the very first one. Man, when I read of how much people fought in this war, I was like, oh, my guineas. So, goodness, I'm not just kidding. It was 70 million people fought in this war. Like, yeah, how much is 70 million people? I don't know, Mr. Weigel, can you think of 70 million people you know? I can't. But it was a World War One. That is a whole world war that was in it. 70 million people fought, you know, and in the front lines, there was all kinds of people. You know, we had a, uh, a Flora Sanders. She's the only woman, the only woman to fight in World War I. Out of 70 million people fighting, one woman. That's like, what, right? Out there, we have our wars on. How much women do we have out there? A lot, right? One woman, I was like, whoa, I can't believe that. And you know what? Even through, the, uh, through this war, 
I was still reading. I go, well, how, how did it happen? You know, he was the last soldier. Oh, no, let me go here first. The first soldier to die, the guy's name was John Henry. He was one of the British people. You know, he was from Great Britain. He was the first guy to die in this war. He was 17 years old. So the first bullet, that, or back in the war, yeah, the first bullet that came out, he got this guy, poor dude, you know. And not only him being a poor good dude, I was still looking, okay, so if I know the first, what about the last one? So I was reading up, and I was looking around, and you see the pictures, man. I mean, you can hardly see them because there's, you know, I mean, it's way back when, you know, in pictures. The last soldier to be killed, his name was Henry Gunther. He died at 10.59 a.m., and the ceasefire was called at 11 a.m. That guy didn't make it by 60 seconds. That was pretty mean. I mean, as soon as I, I was in ceasefire, ceasefire, you know, the war was over. But I was like, wow, you know. And what about the youngest guy? So I was like, I mean, the guy, he's got to be somewhere. So you're looking around, and I did find him. The youngest guy at war, he was 12 years old. Back in World War I, 12 years old, he's out fighting. Out in the front lines, you know. And I was like, wow, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cool stuff to listen to, you know, or to research and look at. One woman out of 70 million, the first guy, the last guy, 60 seconds, he would still be alive. Well, maybe not now, obviously. That was like way back when, right? Imagine he'd be, um, he'd be pretty old. And um, so it doesn't matter. As you can see, even back then, the front lines, like today, you know, it doesn't matter the gender. Everybody's part of it. It doesn't matter the race, your age, your economic status. You know, we're all in the front lines. Even here at church today, this is our front line. You know, we remember we have the card and the just one. I mean, that's us in the front line. And it's not just because we want people to come to church. We want people to be saved. How much junk is in there out there, Right. I mean, what's going on? Everybody's depressed. Everybody's, you know, trying to kill themselves. Everybody's trying to, to be something they're not. You know, the, the confusion. Then the in the uh, the author of confusion. We know who that is, right? You know, so so are just one. We're in the front lines to save these people. You know, to go ahead and let them know the good news. We have the good news. You know, and there's so many stories in the news, right, about our troops dying. I mean, this, you know, in the Middle East, we just pulled out, right? What happened there? We just left from one day to another. These guys came over here, brrr, just started mowing everybody down. These, these people weren't even, in, they weren't even soldiers, innocent people in that front line of whatever somebody else's agenda may be. The front line is just an ugly place to be, an ugly place to be. And you know what? Even in the front lines, though, even if we have to be in the front lines, in the front lines, there's heroes, right? I mean, Pastor John put in that one uh, little clip of a movie. Remember that movie? Uh, Ridge, uh, what's his name again? I forgot it. But remember that? He, he didn't want to have any weapons, but he wanted to be in the front line. This front line, he wanted to go in there to save people, not to kill people. And, I, man, that movie, when I seen it, it, it got me. You know, it's like, wow, there's real heroes out there, guys, real people who are in the front lines to be heroes, you know, like us, here we are. We have everything that we need to go and save lives, you know, to be, to be the heroes. You know, also in, in the wars out there, we have, you know, I was like, well, let me look around some, um, 
some war heroes. Audi, Audi Leon Murphy. This guy was famous not only for, for you know, for being an American combat soldier. You know, he was he was he did so much stuff that he uh, he got every medal that the United States could give out to anybody. He got every single last one. And not only that, all all France gave him every medal they had. And not only that, even Belgium for his heroism, his valor, all this. And you know what? And this guy here, he was just this, just a soldier that went out there. He, he really believed that he had to help. He was a, an actor, a, song, a songwriter, and he also had a ranch. He was a rancher. So, you know, he had all kinds of different positions in, in the world, if you will, where he didn't have to do any of this because he was set, right? I mean, if you're an actor, you pretty much think you're set, right? Money-wise, house, everything. I mean, as a songwriter, uh, it's, it's amazing that he went out there and he did that, and he got every medal. You know, to earn those medals is not an easy thing. You got to go through a lot of stuff. You know, and then we have David uh, McCampbell. He is a Navy guy. This guy, when the Japanese were on it, he shot down 34 Japanese planes. Now, that's a lot. You know, 34, when you're out there fighting, yeah, you know, you're doing five, six planes, and then you're down. This guy did 34 of them. He did it. In nine of those, he did it like in 90 minutes. So every 10 minutes, you shoot one down. I mean, you know, and, and saved a lot of, you know, the lives of a lot of our troops, a lot, you know, of our soldiers. There is heroes. We could be heroes. We are heroes. We got God in our, in our hearts and our lives in every way. We are, we are in the front lines. I mean, we see the church. We, we just don't want numbers. We want people to be saved, you know? Also in, the, in these uh, front lines, you hear horror stories, right? All these guys that come back and they're kind of like, uh, what do you call that when they're, they're sick of that kind of... Exactly, PTSD, right? What, and you hear, how, why, what? Boy, these guys see horror. They see, they hear, you know, they, they're there in the trenches and boom, a bomb blows up, right? All of a sudden they see, you know, a guy cut in half and, you know, blah, you know, heads just chopped off, you know. I mean, we've seen some gruesome movies, but it's real, you know. The shouts, the screams, the groans. I mean, these guys, when they come back, they're, they, you know, you've never seen stuff like that. You know, it, it, there is horror stories. There is a lot of stuff. We have friends here in our front lines, we see people going through some horrible stuff. We could call it a horror story. We have it in, un, in us, brothers and sisters, to go ahead and, uh, and do something about that. You know, what's today's biggest stories? What's today's front lines? What are we living? We're living this pandemic, right? Pandemic, correct? Yeah, you know, our, our, our nurses, what, what stories they're saying? You know, oh, you know what? People are dying and... They can't, come, you know, their people, their loved ones can't even come and see them. You know, their people are dying alone. The nurses are hearing the stories. They're writing about it. Oh, this person said this and that, and I had to go and travel so much to go tell these people what the last words of this person was or desires or whatever it may have been. I mean, we hear that all the time. You know, the front, the front lines are, is not a good place to be. You know, it's, it's just this terrible stuff. I mean, even our own little circles where we live now, you guys know of someone or heard of someone, you know, it, it, being in the front lines is not a good thing. 
but we all have our personal front line as well. It's really scary, scary, really scary, you know, when we're fighting our own personal front line. You know, the enemy sometimes comes around and we could see the enemy, identify it, and pray on it. You know, God, come on. And he's throwing war at you guys all the time. But then there's sometimes that the, that the enemy, we can't see, and he's coming in, he's trying to sneak in, you know? He, you know, and, he's, and the enemy always thinks this is all big and bad and all this and a bag of chips, right? Because he comes in here and he's telling you, you know what, ha, 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 he goes, whatever the circumstances may be, or he or she or whatever, he comes in victoriously, like if he's already won the fight over us, you know, and what do we do? You know, what do we do? We, we can see it, not see it, but then we're, <laughs> we're afraid, you know, but you know, even through the Bible, that's, that's even, that happens there. Fear always comes around. I mean, who knows the story about the giant? I know you know the story about the giant, right? So we go to Samuel, First uh, Samuel 17, 3. And this is what it is. It says, so when the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with a valley between them. So what? Do you think they can see the enemy? Yeah, they can see. There's this right there. They know what's going on. So they can see this enemy, right? And then uh, 1 Samuel 17 says, Goliath stood up and shouted and taunted the Israelites. Why are you coming to fight? Why are you coming to fight? You know, like us, you know, today, we're so scared of everything's coming out. We're, we're like, well, we don't even want to fight. And we get taunted. He goes, but you guys are only servants. You guys are nothing. Just servants of Saul. Why would you guys come here? I'm the champion Philistine, right? I'm not reading it exactly, but that's, that's what it is. He goes, he called and, I, and he says, you know, he's a, he's a champion Philistine. And he says, I'm going to choose one of you. One of you guys just choose and come down and fight me. You know, I was reading another guy is nine feet tall. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if uh, I can fight a nine foot tall guy. Without a real nice gun, <laughs> right? I mean, a nine-foot-tall guy, you want to go out there and fight him, yeah. So it's just like today. Like I said, the devil and his demon champions, they're either shouting at you or they're whispering in your ears, you know, and they're saying, you're nothing or you're nothing. And what do we do? You know, you're going to, what are you, and he says, what are you going to do about it? You know, ha. The demons are champions, supposedly, and they're scared. He goes, I'm so big, you can't even come out to fight. So we're frightened. You know, we're shaking in fear because, you know, let it be whatever your personal front line or, or whatever your giant may be coming. It's screaming and yelling at you and telling you, hey, you know what, there's nothing you can do. You know, even First Samuel, you know, again, 1711, when Saul and the Israelites heard this, heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. They were shaking in their boots. I mean, the giant's there, right? They're in the front lines and they see the giant coming. They're just shaken, scared, like today, you know. I don't know what to do, you know. I don't know where to go. I don't know, you know, I got this problem or whatever, whatever your giant may be, you know. How am I going to fight this? I can't. I'm scared. I don't even want to come out. You know, I want to stay in the trenches, right? The front lines, the front lines, that's, it's, not a, it's not a good place to be, right? 
I want to go to school and study something. I can be a war. I'll be pressing some buttons. I don't have to be getting blown up. But even that guy, that guy's still on the front lines. Because you know the, the responsibility and the, uh, the thing that goes through your head to know you have to press a button from way over here, but you're going to kill hundreds? I mean, even I would consider that a front line too, right? Maybe you're not getting shot at, but when you're going to go out there and press a button, you know the hundreds are going to be blown away. You know, that, that to me, that's a front line as well. Because a lot of people, well, I don't have to go out there and fight. I'm just over here. I'm like the tech dude. Well, yeah, you know, you're the techie guys pressing buttons, murdering people. You know, you don't call it murdering because it's a war. But then again, you know, the PTSD will come around. God, I pressed a button. I was supposed to kill this group, and then I murdered all this group. <laughs> I killed this poor group, you know. It, it, things happen, and you're, and you're done. The front lines is not a good way to be. But you know what, guys? Let me tell you the truth. In today's front lines, back then, front lines, everything, God gives us the way. He promises victory. He's always going to be with him. We're always going to be victorious. I don't care how the enemy wants to come. I don't care what your giant is. You know, God is always going to be there, and he's always going to be victorious. He gives us instructions on how to be victorious, right? He doesn't just go out there and whatever. You know, we, we, we need to be a clean life, right? Give our lives to God. Because you know what, guys, even in the Bible, you know, victory, God is like, here, the victory is certain. Just go there, and you're going to be victorious. I'm giving you everything, but this is the way you have to do it. You know, so, so God in, in uh, Joshua, just as an example of how detailed and how great God is, in Joshua 6.25, you know, we, we read a, a little story there. And it says, the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho. That means you already won. You guys know the story of Jericho, right? He goes, it's yours. You already won it, everything, but this is what it is. I'm going to give you the king. I'm going to give you all the strongest warriors. Everything is done. It's all yours. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. So Caesar, he's giving you instructions. This is what you need to do. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark and carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times. With the priests blowing the horns, when you hear the priests give one long blast at the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse, and the people can just charge straight in, and they'll take over the town. You're like, Joe, what does that have to do with anything? Well, we're at war. You know, and we, uh, we're promised by God, it's already yours. But this is what you need to do. These guys had some specific, specific instructions, right? And he goes, you guys already want it. Just go in there, do what I say, and guess what? Victory is yours. When God gives us victory, he says, just put your trust in me and wait in me, Right? today just trust me wait i'm gonna do it it's yours already i promised you that wait for your victory but some of us we try to look around for shortcuts ah uh, do i have to go to church i mean god's still here at my bed you know oh uh, do i you know i don't think i do i have to really help somebody break down or do i need to you know we're, we're always trying to find shortcuts 
When God goes, look, do it, do it this way, and your problems will be done. You're victorious in everything that you do, you know? And then some of us, <laughs> when God, you know, doesn't give us the victory, I mean, he already gave it to us, but we don't do the right thing. Some of us get mad and upset with God. Why don't I? I've been on this thing for so many times. I've been trying and asking, and it's been years, and I'm asking for dad, whatever. But God tells you, this is the way. Do it this way. It's not even hard. It's actually the funnest way to do it. But we try to cut it out, try to do something different. And then we get upset. And then we don't even want to believe in God anymore because God doesn't do anything for us. You know? And we hear that, you know. I don't even believe in God anymore, man. You know, my mom and dad, they're separated or, you know, big old things like that for us kids, you know, or, or whatever your giant may be. My giant's always around. It's not even mine. Don't ever proclaim it. Just say the giant, you know. Don't proclaim that to be yours because it's not. Proclaim victory that God has given you to be yours, you know. But we're like, well, okay, we don't want to fully give our lives to God. We want to keep some of the worldly ways because they're kind of fun. You know, I don't want to just, you know, uh, you know, if I don't have to walk around now with the Bible, you know, like everybody's going to say, he's a Christian. You know, being Christian is fun. You know, I look at, you know, the young people here. I see them having a blast, you know, and they're Christian and they love God and they work and they, and they give their lives to God and give their time to God. And now those who work, I'm sure, you know, they, they do their offering. I mean, everything. It's not boring being Christian. It's not boring loving God. God says that he turns joy into jubilee. That's amazing. That's like, a, like all kinds of steps above just being happy, you know? So we're like, no, I want to keep some of them, you know? Uh, you know, I could, you know, I just really like to uh, do stuff, and I don't want to get rid of it, you know, like, uh, you know what? drugs right I, I, it doesn't matter i can you know i can smoke pot tomorrow you know it's, 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 it's an earthly and god made the plant just an herb nothing's wrong with it you know in my experience and i've been around for at least 10 years plus tax very high tax bracket but plus tax you know it's it's, it's like the segue it's like the, like the door opening to other drugs you know and everybody says no it's not people just say that whatever but you know believe it or not even that one, that one's pretty bad for your brain. Have you guys ever looked, in, looked into that? It's not a good thing. But no, you know, the little weed doesn't hurt. You know, I could just keep it. But, you know, honestly, I know a lot of people that do that. And I look around and they're nowhere around, right? Because, you know, it, it keeps you away. And that's what the devil wants. You know, alcohol, pornography, you know, those are just some, you know, little examples yeah, you know, a lot of you people are listening to me out there. You, you guys know what the giant is. You guys know what you want to keep, knowing that you can't get the victory that you're looking for, but then you're not willing to give it. You know, we must give ourselves and give our lives to God. God is always going to give you the victory. You know, John, not Pastor John, but, you know, <laughs> in the Bible, John. So we would have... You know, once you give your life to God and everything, 1 John 5, 4 says, for everyone born of God. Hey, you give your life to God. You're born again. Okay, for everyone who born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. So by giving your life to God, you've already overcome the world. And all the giants are coming along with it. But even on your faith, 
You know, it's amazing. John 16, 33 also says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have troubles, I'm telling you. But take heart, I have overcame the world. So what happens there? You imagine that? Hey, you're going to have troubles. He never told you we're not going to be in the trenches, but who's with you? Who's there? Because God is there, you're going to be one of those heroes. You're going to be one of those guys pulling these people out from sure death. You know? And in Deuteronomy 20, at 20, chapter 20, verse 4. Because I always say 20, 20, 20, 24. It was hard to say, but you guys get it. Okay. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight. What? Yeah. He goes with you to fight for your, for you. He goes, eh, I'll read it again because. Okay, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for your, for you against your enemies to give you victory. So if we give our lives to God and we know that he's overcame the world and he's telling you, hey, just give your life to me. I'm going to take care of everything. I've overcome everything. I will go and fight your enemies for you to give you what? Victory, Right? To give you victory, to make sure that you have, and everyone around you has that victory. God has promised victory, you know, over all what it may want to attack us. Now, you think of something that, atta that attacks us right now in this, in this time. I mean, you don't have to shout it out, but there's a lot of stuff out there. You know, in my personal life, man, I I'm getting so much attacks, even as I drive, I'm like, eh, don't let me say that to that guy. Arr, try to change lanes, you know? And oh, I don't like, I hope nobody has a Prius, but I can't be behind Priuses. <laughs> so, you know, it's stuff like that. I mean, it's a little simple stuff, you know, but nevertheless, that's stuff, you know, is just a little quacky examples, but you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, the giant that comes and screams at you or whispers on you, you're nothing. You suck. You're ugly. You're fat, or whatever, whatever it may be, right? You know, and he wants to attack you and keep you down, oppress you, and you know, always pointing a finger at you and say, "Ha, you! How do you think you're going to get this if you did that? If this is who you think you want to be, or how do you think you're going to get? You know?" And he's always pointing that finger. He's the accuser, the one that's going to say, "You're really nothing. You're just a servant. You suck." But you know what? You give your life to God. You know what? You'll never suck. <laughs> You're always going to be beautiful, handsome. Well, everybody tells me I'm thin, you know, but nevertheless, you know, what I'm telling you, the devil brings all this guilt. You know, whatever your past, whatever, he, he wants to mess you up, but God, God is awesome. So when you really ask God for forgiveness and you tell God, you know, hey, you know what? I've been a sinner. Here's all my sins, everything that I've ever done. I confess it. And the stuff that I don't even remember that I did, God, you know, forgive me for that. I want to give my life to you. You know, being in the, in the front line, being in the trenches, everything is, it's, it's, it's an ugly place to be, God. But with you, you said that you would fight these for me. So I, I give you everything. So you give all that to God. 
You know, even today, us who have been Christians all our lives and we've done something, you know, we're always sinners, we always fall short, but we give it to God every day. We give our sins to him every day, our, our bad thoughts, whatever you want to say, you know, our bad eating habits. I don't know. But you give everything to God. You give him and you ask him for forgiveness. And you tell him, God, I believe in you. I know that you died for me and you rose again. And you give your life to God again and again. You do it every day, every morning. I do. I, you know, I go to sleep. God, whatever I did today that I don't even know if I did it wrong or if I know that I did it wrong, forgive me. As I put down my head in my pillow, you know, or in the mornings too. God, you know, I don't know if I had a bad dream or not. I can't remember it or whatever it may be, you know. Forgive me. Let me start a new day with you. You know, and you do that. And you give God your life over and over or for the very first time. You know, and God will forgive you. And now, brothers and sisters, after you do that, after you do that, you've won the war. You've won the war. It's done. You know, he has given you victory because you know what? You can come back and tell God, God, I still feel so bad for what I did. He's going to look around and, well, right now he doesn't have filing cabinets anymore. He, he has his computer and he punched up your name. He has computers now. You know, and he's going to say, what are you talking about there, Josh? I can't find a thing you did wrong. You, what do you mean you went ahead and punched some kid in the eye? You know, or what do you mean you, you know, whatever Josh wants to do this bad. You know, he's going to look in there and go, I can't find it. You must be talking about somebody else. Because, you know, he promises you when he forgives you, it's a done deal. So he's not going to accuse you of nothing. It's a new thing. It's beautiful. beautiful. You've won the war, brothers and sisters. You give it to God and the war is won. You don't have to be the first guy to die or the last guy to die. The ceasefire is shouted when you give your life to God. Ceasefire on every demon, every giant, everything is a ceasefire. They don't have access to you anymore, even though from afar, because you know, even says, you know, from, you know, from one hill to another, there's a valley in, in the middle of you guys. Even if he yells from afar, it's done. <laughs> the ceasefire is already yelled and done. You gave your life to God. And you know what? And that's what you need to do. And then your victories after victory after victory is coming for you. And he, you know, we read it earlier. There's going to be trouble in this world, right? Even though after you give it, but I'm going to be there. You know, I'll be that champion that the champion of giants and demons says, oh, come and fight me. You know, who's going to come? And Jesus shows up. Oh, I just, right? Short, small. Guy just runs away, right? Hey, give your life to God. The front lines are also for heroes. We live in these front lines every day. And you, because we see it, right? Even as you, we go to Walmart. I say Walmart because it's Pastor's favorite spot. You, you go to Walmart, how much people do you see that are a little bit different than you? And everybody else, for that matter. But what do you see, you know? So, and then you see people lost. Just in this short little place where you're at. We are in these front lines, people, for that we can become those heroes. You know, we live as, as righteous as we possibly can. So people say, God, I, I, I want to be like that. I want to have that smile. Why, why, is, why every time I see... Uh, my buddy here, Micah, he's always 
real cool with me and everything else. I want to be, I want to be real cool. Like Mike and people, people see me that I'm really cool. You know, I really do. You know, how do I get that? And they come to you and they're the people that have been blown up. People with half a body. You know, when I say that, you know, guts everywhere. And I'm talking spiritually, emotionally, broken, blown up. You know, they all want to come. And they need that hero. And brothers and sisters, we are those heroes. God has put us here for that we can go ahead and just give them, <laughs> give them the good news. Let them know that, you know what, the ceasefire is done. We yell that out. And they stop being attacked. And whenever it's bad, hey, who better than come and say, oh, you know, well, I would love that movie, right? I'm your Huckleberry. Have <laughs> you guys ever seen that tombstone, you know? It's actually pretty cool. And you want God to say, hey, I'm the one who's going to fight you, giant. Wow, man, that's amazing. And all you guys have that much power behind you. You know, forget the atomic bombs and nuclear weapons and all that kind of good stuff. God, all that stuff is like, if somebody shoots you with a BB gun, yeah, it hurts, but yeah, I can still go on, right? Guys, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, everybody who's out there, let me tell you, give your life to God. And he's definitely going to just give you victory. And in your life, the, the song, the yell of the ceasefire is coming. You know, ask for forgiveness. And now... Like I said, we've won the war, and it's a great thing. Give it all to God, like he says in the word. And all the walls will what? Come down. They will all fall, and you're ready to go and live your beautiful life. Glory to God, right? So today, I just want to ask you guys, stop and think of that giant. You know, where are you at with this giant? Why, where does he come to attack you from? Where's, where's, where's that champion, the things that he can yell at you? Today, today is freedom. Today is over. The war is won. Seize fire, enemy, because Christ is with me. All right, let's all stand.